Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, folks, today's a big all-Monday, and yes, All-Star Weekend has officially wrapped up, but uh, still no basketball on today, tomorrow, or Wednesday, but that's great because we have to finish up our power rankings in the NBA. We started it yesterday, uh, talked, uh, talked out some great things. We have uh, uh, the top eight teams so far ranked. I mean, let me go to this. We've got uh, the top eight ranked so far. Still two more spots, but there's also one, two, three, four, five, six more teams that we need to go over and evaluate. So this kind of top eight that we've got is just a working list, like we were kind of saying yesterday. Had part one yesterday, ready to finish finish it up today. So we'll be finishing up the NBA power rankings at the midseason point. Want to get that all good to go for when the league resumes on Thursday, so then we can have our classic every week re-updating our power rankings but uh like we said yesterday now that the nfl season is officially over we can go a little bit more in depth into the nba season and uh you know perfect time with the nba all-star break some extra time to kind of reset and all that so finishing up the nba power rankings today and if we uh, have time we will start our nfl kind of final thought list that we will go through every single team um, and just kind of write down our final thoughts of what happened this season, what was our overall takeaways. So, you know, in kind of the seven-month interim of no football, no NFL football, I should say, that we don't kind of forget or let kind of the, the media kind of dictate and kind of do revisionist history on what happened in the NFL season. So we're going to get all of our final thoughts down, and we'll go through kind of conference through conference, team by team, spend some time, deep time on some teams maybe we go through other teams quicker just kind of getting out all of our final thoughts so if we have time we will start that but if we don't have time those will start tomorrow um so yeah some stories to talk about in the nfl as well so we'll go over those uh the nba all-star game was last night we'll quickly touch upon that and that's what we've got for today's show so uh before we jump into the N- uh, uh, nba let's go over some nfl stories or just some stories in general then we'll head over to the NFL. Jeez. Oh, then we'll head over to the NBA power rankings, and then if we have time, we will head over to the NFL final thoughts list. So let's start the show here with the first story up here. And I just want to quickly talk about this um, because spring football, we want it. I, I think we all want it. Um, now we don't want it to be garbage, and that's kind of what we were seeing a little bit with the USFL and XFL uh, when they were kind of trying to do their seasons. We saw, you know, I don't think any of those seasons really ended no um i think the usfl did crown a champion but it was a little bit uh there was no playoffs i think they just gave it to the highest seed at the end because they did get cut short and then the xfl 
like went bankrupt or something. Both the spring footballs, when they tried to get revived the last couple of years, they just truly did not work out. But now they're trying to do it again. We get the USFL this season. We get the XFL next year. But now we get this. The XFL and the NFL are having a little bit of a partnership going on. Now, the only reason I want to kind of bring this up, this partnership up, is because there's only going to be one spring football. We, we're not going to be having the XFL in the US. USFL simultaneously every single year for the rest of our lives. That's not going to happen. And the reason why it's not going to happen is because there's not enough players to do that. That's the biggest kind of blind spot I think that spring football is just kind of not seeing or not wanting to see is the players. I mean, there's not that many great talented players that can play football, and especially at the quarterback position. I mean, the NFL is struggling to have 32 good quarterbacks, let alone good backups. So now we're going to a lower league, the XFL, the USFL, and you you know, we saw the quarterback play already. There was like one good quarterback, P.J. Uh, Walker, and then he ended up going to the Carolina Panthers, which was pretty cool. But there was like one good quarterback um, in spring football. And we know the quarterback position is the most important position in any football, college, high school, middle school, uh, Pop Warner, whatever level of football. If you don't have a quarterback, it's not going to be that good of of a product overall on the field and that's what we were kind of seeing with the USFL and XFL um in uh what was it 2019 2020 before uh, they officially just kind of you know went under both the leagues so the fact that the NFL is partnering with the XFL that's not looking too good for the USFL uh so we get this partnership between the NFL and the XFL and uh they're they're basically the XFL is all about innovation so they're going to be kind of experimenting with proposed rule changes testing new equipment and developing prospective official and coaches. Now, I think that's definitely the coolest thing about the partnership, developing uh, prospect, uh, prospective officials and coaches. So we get kind of coaches that can work their way up to the next level, maybe go to college and then the middle step of spring football and then go to the NFL, uh, more diversity, hopefully, and coaches as well. Hopefully, we don't get big old racism back in the XFL. Hopefully not with The Rock. I mean, come on. Um, and then for prospective officials, I mean, we always talk about garbage officiating in the NFL. So if we get kind of this, uh, you know, middle ground between college and the NFL for some officials to get some great experience and then work their way up into the NFL and be good officials in the NFL. Yeah, I'm definitely all about that. Persp um, experimenting with proposed rule changes. I'm not the biggest, like, we don't want this to be like a clown show overall. We don't want, you know, every single week a new rule or just kind of crazy rules. And I definitely expect the XFL to kind of experiment with the uh, no onside kick uh, that the NFL is so desperately wanting to implement that I really do not like at all. Um, the, the NFL is just trying to get away from kicking um, really kind of all together. That's what everybody in the media really wants and I don't agree with any of that I love having kicking being kind of the third facet of the game special teams punting um, field goals kickoffs all of that and we saw you know it does change the game we the Packers just lost because their special teams was trash I don't think I, I don't think we should get rid of kicking all together I think it is a huge piece of football 
And shout out to who was it? Justin Tucker who hit the 66 yarder. So kicking is not dead in the NFL, folks. Uh, but we do have to kind of retool the onside kick system. Once again, everybody's crying out for, oh my God, you know, nobody can ever get the onside kick. Well, yeah, because the NFL is the one that is actively hindering that by having the safety rules on the uh, kicking plays, special teams plays. So it's not that the NFL doesn't want more. Uh, uh, onside kicks to happen or just kind of uh, a team to kind of get the possession twice. I, I, I don't really know what the NFL is trying to do there. I mean, uh, we saw in the Pro Bowl, they experiment with kind of the fourth and 14 from wherever you want it. And I absolutely hated that. I don't think they completed any of them. And it just looks so stupid and it looks so gimmicky. And I, 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 you know, we're going more towards an offensive league and a passing league. And then if you implement this change, it's just like, why do we even need the special teams? Why do we even need the kicking? So um, we'll, we'll see how many proposed rule changes the XFL implements to try to get a nice gauge for the NFL to potentially implement. But the biggest story here is that there is an official partnership between the NFL and the XFL. Now it all makes sense why The Rock was at the Super Bowl for some reason out on the field introducing players. Um, so that's why they have the partnership. This comes out a week later. Real coincidental. No, no. Uh, so, not good news for the USFL here. There's not enough talent to fund two different uh, spring league teams. And for the U.S., I mean, and both these leagues are having like eight teams each. I mean, they don't even have like enough teams to like uh, do, uh, they don't have enough talent players-wise to fund like a 32 league like the NFL. So, we get like eight teams that's, they're already not enough players to fund those eight teams. So if we have two eight-team leagues, that's not going to be working out. And for the USFL, they're not even on TV this season. They're going to be live tweeting the games. <laughs> they're going to be live tweeting the games. You must follow the official USFL teams, and they will tell you what is happening because they're not going to be broadcast anywhere. So already USFL is already behind the eight ball. Because they're not going to be streamed anywhere. You're not going to be able to watch these games anywhere. The XFL and the NFL are already partners. So the USFL, you better hope you've got some great competition. You better hope those quarterbacks play their tails off. Because overall... People are going to flock to the better competition, the better enter entertainment. And really, whoever has the better quarterbacks, the XFL or the USFL, is probably going to be the one league to succeed. So, USFL, you've got a one-year head start on the XFL. But other than that, you're behind the eight ball miles, miles behind the eight ball. You can't even see the eight ball. That's how behind the eight ball. You think you're in front of the eight ball because you're like, oh, I can't see the eight ball, so I must be in front of the eight ball. No, no, no. You're so far behind behind the eight ball that you can't see the eight ball. That's why you cannot see it. So, uh, I can't wait for the USFL. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm going to be talking about it. We'll be betting on it if we can. Um, it's going to suck that we can't watch it, but if we can bet on it, maybe, maybe we'll do that. 
Um, but we'll see how it plays out. Spring football this season, spring football next season with the XFL, and we'll see how it all plays out. We'll we'll see which one survives, if any survive. But you need a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, then you can't pass. And what is the NFL all passing? Why is it all passing? Because that's what you know, according to to their data, that's what people want to see. I don't necessarily 100% agree with that, but uh, they're still making money, and the Super Bowl was like the highest rated Super Bowl in like the last seven years. So who am I? Who am I to judge, right? So we'll see how it all plays out, but uh, not great for the USFL coming up uh, in a couple of months. I think it kicks off in April, so not great. All right, next story up here, and okay, you can say this, but... All right. Uh, Lovey Smith believes the Texans can make Bengals like a leap in 2022, saying, quote, why not us? Why not yo? Why not y'all? Why not the Texans? I'll tell you why not the Texans, because you have Davis Mills. <laughs> Davis Mills is not Joe Burrow. Come on. We saw Joe Burrow rookie year look fantastic. Davis Mills rookie year looked good at the end of the year. <laughs> that was it. Oh, and another reason why you cannot make a Bengals like leap. You don't have the same head coach. Zach Taylor was there two straight years. You, you were there. You were there, defensive side of the ball, but you got rid of the head coach. And nobody really liked that inside the team. They really wanted Will Cully back. Will Everybody wanted Will Cully back inside the locker room, and everybody wanted Rich Bisacci back in the locker room. So we'll see how both of those teams play out, not having truly the full support from the locker room behind them right from the get-go. We'll see if they can earn it and all that. That's a different story. But right off the rip, you, you, you're you changing a system. In Lovey Smith, you've done nothing as a head coach. You've been a head coach before. Why couldn't you have done a Bengals-like leap before the Bengals-like leap? You were a head coach. You were the head coach for the Bears 20, 2004 to 2014. 2015, you went to the Bucks, um, and you never got it done. You never won a ring, so or even got to the Super Bowl. So, or no, he got to the Super Bowls in 2006, I believe, with the Bears. Ended up losing to, I believe, Peyton Manning and the Colts. I think that's uh, the Colts' first Super Bowl. Uh, but, I mean, that's why you can't make a Bengals-like leap. <clears throat> that's why. You, you've been a head coach before, and you've done nothing great. So, no, no, you're not going to be able to do a Bengals-like leap. But the optimism is there, so I guess I give him a little credit for that. Got to have the optimism. But let's see what Lovey Smith is truly saying here. Let's get what the quote is and see what his kind of full thinking is and if he truly believes they can make a Bengals-like leap. Uh, they also need a better wide receiver, so hopefully you can draft a great wide receiver that uh, wins Rookie of the Year. You also need that as well. All right, but here we go. Uh, Let's read the first lead up here. Lovey Smith isn't leaving anything out of the question in his first season as Texans head coach. Just look at the Bengals. That's what Lovey Smith will tell you when asked about the potential of his team in 2022, saying, quote, we won four games this year. Yeah, you did. You did, but not you as head coach. So that's different, okay? Uh Quote, we won four games this season. The Bengals won four the year before, and this was a big year for them. We don't have to wonder. We just saw them do it. Someone's going to make that jump. Someone always does. Why not us? So I do love that, and you should definitely be preaching that in the locker room. I, I absolutely love that, but, I mean, you know, love it. he's not the guy, folks. We didn't even like the hire in the beginning. 
in the first place. Giving Will Cully only one year just made no sense to us. So, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Texans can do it. But we definitely need the defense to improve. Um, I can see Davis Mills being good. Uh, obviously not to the level of Joe Burrow. But good enough to win games and be competitive in games. And maybe have the ball in his hands on the final possession to either win or lose the game. Depending on how he plays. I can definitely see Davis Mills being kind of that game-managing quarterback this season. But, I mean, then we need the running back. They don't have a Joe Mixon. Then we need a... Uh, Jamar Chase, and they got Brandon Cooks, but is he going to stay again this season? We'll see. Uh, then we need an entire good defense. We need a good defense because that's the worst thing about the Texans team this season. Their defense was atrocious. They got beat on the deep ball time and time and time and time again. Oh, and wasn't that Lovey Smith? Wasn't that's what he was doing with the Texans this season? Defensive kind of assistant coordinator. So the defense was the worst thing about the team, and now you're the head coach. So that that's why you will not be making a Bengals-like leap. The team that may be making a Bengals-like leap is going to be the Dolphins. They got everything. They've got the coach that believes in the quarterback. They've got the quarterback. They have kind of a Jalen Waddle who can potentially be maybe not as good as Jamar Chase, but very, very close next season with the genius of Mike McDaniels, offensive mind, and Lovey Smith. Another reason why you can't make a Bengals-like leap, look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. Uh, look at their head coach, Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, offensive guys. You are not an offensive guy. The offense will be lackluster. You need the offense to get you to the big game, and then you need the defense to win you the big game. So, you're not an offensive guy, so the offense is not there, and you were the defensive guy this season, and the defense was absolutely atrocious like worst in the league in every category so or like bottom three of the league in every category defensively so those are just a few reasons lovey smith why you will why you will not be able to make a bangles like leap Okay? Now, I love the optimism. Don't give up the optimism. I know I'm just talking. You know, I know I'm knocking you. But keep that optimism. You definitely need that in the locker room. But no, it's not going to happen. You can be optimistic. We'll be a little pessimistic until we see something. You know, you got to prove it to us. And we've got no problem buying into as long as you prove us. Prove something to us. And Lovey Smith has never really proven anything to us. So... Uh, you can keep the optimism, but no, you you will not be making a Bengals type leap. Yes, you are correct. Uh, we don't have to wonder. We just saw a team do it. Someone's going to make that jump. Someone always does. Yeah, someone always makes that jump, but it's not going to be you. I can guarantee. Uh, do I guarantee? I think I guarantee. That'll be one of our uh, predictions in uh, this up upcoming offseason. Uh, they will not make the leap. All right, we got one more quote, so let's read the last lead up here. Uh, Smith isn't placing Mills on a path destined for Catton, but he's excited by the quarterback's potential, saying, quote, what gives me optimism is I got a chance to see Davis Mills. How many special quarterbacks are there out there? There's a few, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I think we will have a good quarterback for the Houston Texans. We have the third pick in the draft right now. There's a possibility of us getting a great quarterback added to our team or a lot, or a lot of draft picks to get in more players. Something's positive is going to come out of that. So... Okay, that's another reason why you will not make the Bengals-like leap. Where's the believability and confidence in Davis Mills? You said 
You, what gives me great optimism is I got a chance to see Davis Mills. How many special quarterbacks are out there? There's a few. So you're not calling Davis Mills a special quarterback. Uh, you're calling him a good quarterback, same quote. But there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I think we have a good quarterback for the Houston Texans. So, yeah, that's why you, you don't have the believability. We just saw. Just saw Brian Flores not have the believability in Tua. And look at Tua this season. He was good, not great, who can be great. You're not getting the great out of him because you're not believing in him. And then you're saying, yeah, we got the third round pick and we may draft a quarterback. There's a possibility of us getting a special great quarterback. So... <laughs> What is this backhand compliment of Davis Mills, but then you're optimistic that you can make the Bengals like leap? Stop. So, yeah, you were already done. Love you. We're done, done, done. A bad hire right off the ramp. And we're, we're like three, one week into the offseason, like officially. So, uh, yeah, this is not working out already. What an absolute blunder uh, by this Texans team uh, by not keeping Will Cully, who believed in Davis Mills 100%, that actively saw Davis Mills get better at the back end of the season. Man, oh, man, to go to Lovey Smith, I do not understand it at all. So, Lovey Smith is optimistic about making a Bengals-like leap, but he's not optimistic and Davis Mills. Uh, Lovey, the quarterback is the most important position in the league. I don't know if you know this or not because you're on the defensive side of the ball. They don't really know too much about the offense, and now he's the head coach. So, good luck, Houston. <laughs> Houston, good luck, yes? Jeez Louise. So, that's what Lovey Smith says, folks. I don't think I, uh, I don't see it the same way he does, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it all plays out. <laughs> all right, what else do we got up next here? All right, here we go. Talk about the Giants now, and uh, this is gonna be interesting because we know the Giants are loaded offensively. I mean, this could be a this could be the team that makes the Bengals like leap. If I'm betting on any team to make a Bengals like leap, the Texans are the last person I bet. I bet the uh, the Dolphins over that, and I could definitely bet on the Giants making that Bengals like leap. But but the salary cap could get in the way, so we'll go through this article. But just overall, offensively, they've got so much talent. Let's bring up the depth chart up here. Obviously, bringing in Brian Dable as their head coach was, you know, the thing that really kicked off uh, our big optimism on the Giants moving forward. Uh, so they got the right hire. They got a offensive mind guy at the head coaching position. We've got Daniel Jones, who, you know, this is going to be his last season, sink or swim. This is all you've got. You know, everybody's kind of been giving you the benefit of the doubt, which is kind of surprising. Honestly, I'm always surprised when I go on social media and everybody is still giving Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt. Now, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I still want to give Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt, and I will still be giving Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt. But we, I don't think we've ever seen this, ever. But by anybody in the media or everybody on social media all collectively together giving Daniel Jones like his fourth opportunity. I mean, people are ready to kind of rip their quarterback's heads off after one year, um, even though they've been proven and having one down year. People are giving no love to Baker Mayfield, and he's winning games at the minimum. Not so quite this season, but last year he was winning games. Daniel Jones never won anything in the NFL. So the fact that everybody is still behind Daniel Jones... 
I kind of love it. I do kind of respect y'all for that. So I will give y'all credit for not abandoning Daniel Jones and doing the classic, oh, he's garbage, he's garbage, he's garbage. So that's definitely surprising. And I'm always surprised when I go on social media and see, oh, Daniel Jones is good. I was like, yeah, Daniel Jones is good. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to y'all for that. But yeah, we got Daniel Jones, Brian Dable. That should work. Maybe not to the level of Brian Dable and Josh Allen. But I mean, you know, on the basis, they are the same quarterback. And I know everyone's saying, oh, don't you ever compare Josh Allen to Daniel Jones. And I get that at like the surface level. I get it. But overall, I mean, they're bigger quarterbacks. They're a little bit beefier. Josh Allen, a little bit more beefier. They both have strong arms. Maybe Josh Allen, a little bit of a stronger arm. They're both good runners. Yes, Josh Allen, a little bit better. But overall, on the same basis they are the same prototypical quarterback so it should work on some level then you go with Saquon Barkley who this is the one that uh, say you know how everybody like agrees Daniel Jones can be good Saquon Barkley not everybody's behind Saquon Barkley and giving him the benefit of the doubt so Saquon Barkley may be good may not overall you've got a solid runner a solid running back I don't think it's any worse than the average it's obviously not Derrick Henry-esque because obviously uh, but it, it's solid good tier two running back it's it's winning football running back I guess we can all we we can win with Saquon Barkley right is that where we can all agree we can win with Saquon Barkley on our team and get good production from him on a gamely basis he's not all-star he's not tier one but he's good he's winnable can we all agree on that I think we can then the wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, And Kadarius Tony, folks, we're still holding out hope that this man could be fantastic. Like, you know, a little bit of Tyreek Hill ask. Obviously not as good as Tyreek Hill. Like Daniel Jones, not as good as Josh Allen, but same kind of prototypical receiver. We could still get that out of Kadarius Tony. And then we have Darius Slay and John Ross. So we're going five deep receivers here that are all pretty good. I mean, I would take these wide receivers on my team. Um, I've got speed, I got size, I got uh, strength. Uh, is there any beef here? Uh, what, is Sterling Shepard beefy? I don't know if we got the beef at the receiver position. He's 201. Okay, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But, we you know, we've got some solid height and some solid speed there, and that's really what you need from the wide, re- wide receiver position. Look at Cooper Cup, look at Tyreek Hill, you know, getting it done. Look at Jamar Chase, getting it done. In the Super Bowl, all that. So the receivers are solid, the running back solid, the quarterback is solid, and then the uh, the tight ends, Evan Ingram, and they've got Kyle Rudolph. So the offense is truly stacked here, but uh, they may be a little bit over the cap, and that's where we're gonna get uh, whether or how great this Giants team can be. It's really all gonna be who they keep on their team. So we get this right here. Giants general manager Joe Schoen says the New York has, quote, some tough decisions to make on roster to get below the salary cap. So this is where the Giants could run into a big old kind of roadblock. They are taking off. They are jet setting at the current moment with everything that they have. But once the new league season rolls around and they have to start making the tough decisions, that's where we can see this great talented roster at the moment get a little bit depleted so let's quickly read some quotes here see what the general manager kind of what his overall thinking is what he kind of plans on doing and if we could still maybe be this excited because we're big on this Giants team 
And I know we were big on this Giants team last offseason, but now we got Brian Dable. So we're back into the driver's seat of loving this Giants team. But let's see what their potential plan is going to be and who they may potentially have to cut to get under the salary cap. Are we just talking about, I mean, maybe, honestly, getting rid of Saquon Barkley. You may just have to bite the bullet, get a running back in the draft, get another running back in free agency or whatever it is. But I think you really have to keep the receivers. I would keep the receivers over Saquon Barkley. And I don't, you know, don't want to knock Saquon Barkley or take that as a dig. I like Saquon Barkley. We have a canvas of him, folks, right there, that beefy leg we loved it all off season uh but uh ugh, if there's somebody to get us under the salary cap ugh, i think i gotta go with saquon barkley and i know his contract's got to be pretty good or is he still under the rookie but let's go into the article to truly find out so here we go <coughs> all right here we go first quote so let's read the lead up here Gettleman went shopping in 2021 and retirement called him from the table before the bill came due. Shown is stuck with the tab and now needs to figure out how to maneuver the Giants into financially solvent position entering 2022, starting with shedding roughly $12 million in existing salary to get under the league's projected $208.2 million salary cap. Now, we do expect the salary cap to increase from last season to this season season and they still need to get under the salary cap that is truly overspending overspending and then weren't they kneeling the ball what weren't the Giants the one kneeling the ball like week 17 from their own five yard line on like third down they were kneeling the ball wasn't that the Giants so you spent all this money just to kneel the ball how crazy David Gettleman thank goodness that man is gone oh my goodness all right but here we go first Quote by the general manager says, quote, first off, we have to get underneath the cap. We have to make some tough decisions here in the near future just to get in a place where we can sign draft picks and be below the cap. There's a fine line because you can't purge. Alrighty, so, you know, we don't get any real insight by him. Uh, let's read uh, in this article, they're kind of outlining some numbers here. So here we go. James Bradbury is the first player who comes to mind thanks to his 2022 cap number of $21.8 million. Oh my goodness. Alright, James Bradbury, I believe he's on the defensive side of the ball. He is their corner. All right, and we know this Giants defense was pretty solid, so seems like they may be looking defensively first before they go offense, and that's you know makes a little bit of sense because you get Brian Dable. You know you're gonna let him kind of be like, no, 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 I want all the, re I want everything offensively you already have. So cut that defensive out, cut that defensive out, whatever it is, we'll cut the defense. So James Bradbury, potential cornerback, will be on the market, uh, trying to clear up 21.8 million. Uh, we get a Dory Jackson joined the New York on a three-year deal that included a cat-friendly first year that is some, suddenly not as welcoming in 2022. Jackson's cap number jumps from 6.7 million to 15.2 million. So another corner out here. So they may be a little bit weaker defensively. May have to get a little bit younger here defensively. Uh, to kind of you know keep up uh, under the ca uh, under the salary cap. Uh, right behind Jackson is Blake Martinez, a tackling machine and a key part of the New York's d defense whose loss to injury significantly hindered the Giants in 2021. Cutting him would clear $8.5 But again, make the Giants worse. So, all right, we're, we are kind of 
breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief since all kind of the big cap numbers are on the defensive side of the ball. Now, you still need defense to win the champion. That's really how the NFL always plays out, folks. Offense carries you to the big game. Defense wins you the big game. You got two weeks to prepare. I mean, the, whatever you do offensively, the defense is going to have ample time to figure it out and shut it down. And that's what, you know, the Rams did. Final drive, defense, sacking Joe Burrow, and there it is. He can only get to midfield. The offense that was so great all season, Joe Burrow was always so clutch, getting up after every single sack. Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty, Joe Clutches, hack, big time throws, down, coming back, all of that. No, it's no dice at the end of the day because the defense wins the championships. So, we still need a defense, but we still, I mean, first, uh, building a good team, you need the offense to put up some points at some point. So, offense gets you to the playoffs, wins you some playoff games, defense wins you the ring. And this Giants team, we're not expecting them to, uh, are we expecting them to win the ring year one with Brian Dable? I would say a little bit of a process, getting, you know, getting eight, nine, ten wins and getting into a playoff game. I think that's basically the first step that they kind of have to do here. I don't think we go from, uh, you know, finding financial disaster right before the season starts to Super Bowl winners. Uh, so we are still going to be a little concerned about this Giants defense. May have to kind of shore it up in the draft. And that's definitely possible because there's, uh, I don't know, is there any big name offensively going in the draft? There's really no quarterback and they don't need a quarterback. So maybe this is going to be a very big defensive heavy draft and they can clean up uh, by, you know, getting under the cap and then just going young defensively. Could happen. All right, <clears throat> here else we go. Uh, now we're getting into some into some offensive players here. Here we go, Saquon Barkley. Uh, the bad news on Barkley, the Giants are going to have to play this out or find a trade partner interested in taking on $7.2 million in guaranteed salary for one year uh, for 2022. We get Kenny Galladay, uh, his cap goes from 4.47 to 21. Oh my god. He gets 21.15 million this season. Ugh, that's another kind of quick cut as well. And then once again, we did say that they're very deep at wide receiver. We know Kenny Galladay would probably be, you know, A1 tier 1 with this roster, but you get rid of him, you can keep the defense. You know, we're just trying to get under 12 uh, they got to cut 12 million, I believe it said, and he's worth 21 at this moment. So, maybe you get rid of Kenny Galladay. That could also work as well. All right, we get uh, two more quotes from Sean. So here we go. Let's read the first lead up here quickly. Um, yes, here we go. Injuries factored into our evaluation of a lot of these players. Galladay has had his medical struggles in recent seasons, as did teammate Sterling Shepard in 2021. Here's another one who could be on the move, though a departure would, wouldn't make the Giants better anywhere but on the books. So here we go. Joe Schoen says, quote, The players were paid those contracts they're making because at some point they were performing at a certain level. Whether they were overvalued or maybe they got more than how they were performing or not, that's where we're, you're going to have to free up some money. And definitely injuries devastated the Giants at the back end of the season. Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony. I mean, everybody was injured on this Giants team. Truly unfortunate. Uh, so now high cap numbers coming off of injuries and all that. We'll see. Uh, Brian Dable's going to have a big, he's going to be in the ear of Joe Schoen here. Of you know who who we can kind of get rid of and live without offensively to make it all work. 
Um, and then the last quote right here, the final lead up, here it is. With all this in mind, it's easier to understand why the Giants are pos positioning themselves to continue with Daniel Jones as their quarterback in 2022. Shown doesn't have much of a choice when attempting to remedy the team's cap situation left behind by Gettleman, saying, quote, I don't want to purge the roster because we still want to find out what Daniel Jones can do. Truly that. We all just want to know, is Daniel Jones good or not? Because we see great glimpses. The man is an athlete. The man has an arm. But decision-making, leadership, accuracy for an entire season, that is truly big question marks because he's never had any offensive guys behind him. Do you all understand why having an offensive-minded coach at the head coaching position is so big? We're going into year four with Daniel Jones, and we have no idea what this man is, folks. <coughs> All right, final quote. Uh, back at it. We got some good pieces on defense. The fine balance, the fine line is cutting players that can really help you win, but you also got to get under the salary cap. Then you're going to have the draft pick. So we get no big insight by Sean. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more insight, but there's big money on the defensive side of the ball. There's big money on the offensive side of the ball. And it's going to come down to who, which one do we have a little bit more depth on? Which one can we go a little bit younger and still be good and be competitive this season? So the Giants are going to be truly interesting to watch. Finally got rid of Gettleman, bringing in Joe Schoen. We'll see if he can bring this Giants team back to some relevance, some relevance in the NFL, some relevance in their own division. Um, but uh, the big thing is Daniel Jones, we're going to get his final look. One final chance with Daniel Jones. Do they give him all the big support? Do they keep the big money offensively? Do they give the man no weapons at all? We'll see how it all plays out. But there's big-time decisions to be made here by the Giants. And, big, I mean, the, this is going to make or break it. This is where it starts, folks. When we look back, going back, uh, going to next season, at the end of next season, if they were good, they made the right decision on cutting the offense or defense side of the ball. If they're bad, we're going to trace it back to be like, yeah, they should not have cut Kenny Galladay. They should have went defense, anything like that. So this is where it starts. This is where it starts. And this is why the NFL offseason is so gosh dang entertaining, folks, because it all starts now. It all starts now. Even though we don't play for about eight more months, seven more months, it all starts now. So we'll see how Joe Schoen and the Giants take care of their salary cap issues. All right, then uh, just uh, some last things quickly here. San Francisco 49ers tight end George Kittle tells TMZ Sports that Trey Lance is ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So we know Jimmy Garoppolo is 100% done with the 49ers. They're looking for a trade partner. They're collaborating to try to find a trade partner. So it's not like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't want to be traded. Uh, he's still trying to put his foot down. He knows it's coming. They're working together to get him out of there. And now it's just going to be Trey Lance. And I don't believe the guy at all. I've got zero believability in Trey Lance. Uh, we're going to watch this man sometime in the offseason, uh, go back to his game that he played this season and all that, but I don't see anything great with Trey Lance. We get George Kittle, you know, confidence behind Trey Lance, but what else is he going to say? I mean, you're going to call your franchise quarterback not good? I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that at any position, folks. We say that all the time. You must have believability, whether it's there or not, in your heart. You must show him love and believe and stand by him until he's no longer there, and then you can trash him. Who cares? Uh, but George Kittle, going to bat for Trey Lance and we'll see if that uh, if that works out I say no 
But um, we'll see what happens with Trey Lance. And then this very quickly right here. Derrick Henry is so gosh dang good, folks. So gosh dang good. And yes, he got injured this season. We hope he doesn't make a habit out of it. We got to knock on wood. Uh, but man, oh man, this man is great, folks. How great, how great is he? Derrick Henry is so great that Colts linebacker Darius Leonard spends the entire offseason preparing just to face Derrick Henry. He spends the entire offseason not thinking about the entire schedule not thinking about the entire uh, NFL landscape, not even kind of trying to get after the Super Bowl champions, defending Super Bowl champions. No, no, no. He gets ready for Derrick Henry. That's it. That's all he prepares for. I don't care about Joe Mixon. I don't care about Christian McCaffrey. I don't care about the wide receivers, Cooper Cup. I can catch up with him. Who cares? Tyreek Hill, I can catch up with him. Who cares? I care about tackling the Mack truck, the beefiness of Derrick. Derrick Henry. Ooh, I love the respect behind Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the greatest running back of all time, folks. We are we know we know this already. So, that's how great he is, folks. Defenders spend the entire season just preparing for him alone. And then we get this. And you know how we just kind of, you know, uh, stated that uh, the bigs are taking over the NFL? Well, you know, maybe that's kind of trickling down to the NFL. Or in the NBA. The bigs are taking over the NBA. Strickling a little bit down to the NFL here. The bigs, folks. The big, beefy running back. Darius Leonard. Oh, my goodness. Great. One of the best linebackers that there is in the league. Takes the entire offseason to prepare for Derrick Henry. And then we get this. Most rushing yards since 2019. Guess who's number one, folks? Can y'all take a guess at who's the best running back since 2019? Go ahead. Take a guess, folks. It's not that hard. We just said his name. Beefy man, beef, beefcake, he's the beefcake here. Uh, Derrick Henry, folks, 4,500 yards. Second highest is Dalvin Cook, 3,851 yards. So, I mean, we're talking about, hang on, hey, Seven hundred. There it is. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't know why my math wasn't going, but seven hundred more yards, folks. Seven hundred more yards than the second highest running back. Give that man his credit. Best running back in the league, hands down by far at the current moment. And I definitely say he makes his case for greatest running back of all time. So. I will never forgive the NFL gods of taking away Derrick Henry from us this season. They tried to make up for it by giving us one playoff game, but that's all it was. One playoff game. We needed that man to win a ring to make up for not being able to see that man all 17 weeks this season. So... Derrick Henry's fantastic, folks. Bigs are taking over every single league. NFL, NBA, if you're not big and beefy, uh, you're you're nothing. You're nothing in any league. If you're not big and beefy, you are nothing in the league. Don't even try because it's not happening. And this is why we kind of say, folks, and I get pushback on this, and I... Uh, I don't, I, I get having pushback. I don't mind having pushback on anything I say. That's just natural. But I don't understand the big pushback when I say this. This is why you can't have goats, greatest of all times, in any sports from like the 70s and 80s and 90s. Folks, just athleticism and just humans, humans, beings, we're evolving. I mean, we, we, we evolve to play games, folks. Our brains evolve with all the information, the invention of the television, the invention of the radio. Our brains 
things are growing now that we've got more information. You don't think our bodies are evolving now that we're introducing sports and equating that to money and money's the only thing that matters in this world. You don't think the brain knows that. You don't think human evolution knows that. We evolve to our surroundings. So yes, we're all getting better every generation, every single year. We're evolving to fit our world and the NFL. Did y'all not know that NFL is king? NFL is the best sport. Is the biggest sport in the world, folks, or in in America at least. I think soccer has the world. Uh, shout out to soccer. Uh, but uh, the NFL in America, folks, it's king. No disrespect to the NBA. It still has its place, but it's not the NFL, folks. Look at the ratings. The ratings tell you everything you need to know. So, you know, you just can't have goats. You just can't have goats from the 70s and 80s and 90s because we're all getting better. And Derrick Henry, if you put that man in the 70s, folks, it's, it's, it's a murder charge. You would get charged for murder if you were the one that sent Derrick Henry back to the 70s because that man would be killing everybody on the field. And then they trace it. They'd be like, where the hell did this specimen come from? This man's a time traveler. Who sent him back? And then I, I, I would get blamed. Y'all would blame me. It'd be like, oh, it takes my fans. And then they would come and arrest me for... 1,000 counts of murder. You think I want 1,000 counts of murder on my head? No, I don't. <laughs> so, you can't have goats from the 70s and 80s. It's just what it is. The athleticism is here. The talent is here. Just the natural human evolution is better, folks. We're all getting better. We're all trying to evolve. Thinking should be evolving as well. Uh, I think that's taking a little bit of a setback in today's world, but we digress on that. Uh, but yeah, Derrick Henry, folks, absolutely fantastic, greatest running back of all time already. Alrighty, folks, you think we put this? You think we give out canvas spots willy nilly, folks? Come on, no, Derrick Henry canvas, greatest of all time. Come on. Um, so yeah, folks, absolutely fantastic here by Derrick Henry. So good. Missing all these games, missing all the games this season and still 700 yards above Delvin Cook since 2019. So great. Fantastic. Hopefully this isn't the beginning because usually, and I don't even want to say this because I don't even want to put this out there. So we'll knock on wood, uh, the entire time we're talking here, but, uh, Derrick Henry folks. I don't want this uh, injury to kind of be made a uh, habit out of because that's kind of what we see by running backs. One injury, ooh, look at Saquon Barkley. One injury, ooh, not really, ooh, back to the same way. So I really hope this does not derail Derrick Henry. We saw him in the playoffs and he looked fantastic. So if that's any indication, we won't have to worry about it. But I don't really want anything to happen to this man because, man, oh, man, this man is truly uh, – He's a gift. He's a treat to watch every single Sunday. So, Derrick Henry, we absolutely love him. Alrighty, those were all the stories that we needed to talk about in the NFL for today. So now let's shift gears to the NBA, where we must finish up our official power rankings at the All-Star break. Now, um, yesterday we started part one. Uh, we got through eight teams, ranked them accordingly. And we still got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six teams to go talk through and see where they belong inside the top 10. In the top 10 at all, number one, number two, where do they fall? Now, um, if you didn't join us yesterday on the show, uh, we kind of took the top seven teams from each 
Here, let me go. Uh, let me get this here. Uh, we took the top seven teams from each conference. I told y'all I'm not putting the Nets in the top ten because I don't even love the team overall. I don't think Ben Simmons. I think the 76ers won the trade uh, by a mile, and I don't think Ben Simmons is truly going to fit into the Nets. And I don't know if the Nets are going to be good. And once again, Kyrie Irving can only play half the games, and Kevin Durant is still out, and they've got nothing besides those players. So I'm not putting the Nets in the top ten. I'm not even going to give them the discussion. Um, the Hawks. We were going to give them the discussion. But but they kind of, you know, let us down a little bit the last kind of two weeks of the season here. So they're not going to get into the initial top 10, though. They can work their way up, and so can the Nets. Uh, we'll reorder the top 10 on a weekly basis starting on Thursday. But we're getting our initial list at the All-Star break. So we're not talking the Nets. We're not talking the Hawks, not putting them in the top 10. And uh, in the Western Conference, uh, nobody beside, nobody under that seventh seed truly deserves to be in the top 10 as well. So we took the top seven teams in each conference. And those are the teams that we're truly focusing in on for the potential top 10 and all that. Now, we have already talked about some teams, and this is what we have currently at the mo moment. Number one is the Suns. Number two is the Grizzlies. Number three is the 76ers. Number four is the Wiz uh, Warriors. Number four is the Warriors. Jazz are the fifth. Cavs are the sixth. Heat are the seven, and the Bulls are at number eight. Now, we still have to talk about the Bucks, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Timberwolves, and it's going to be tough because these teams, uh, you know, we're talking about six teams and only two available spots, so some teams could be exiting here the top 10 and we're just taking this one team at a time um, kind of you know seeing how they compare to all the other teams that we've already talked about and then filling it in accordingly at that point what we are taking into consideration are quality wins and quality wins are the top six teams if they are in a playoff spot at the current moment not the playing tournament if they are in a playoff spot the top six teams in the eastern and western conference that we count as a quality win so we take quality wins into big consideration the big surprise yesterday was the bulls only having six quality wins where everybody else is having 10 or more so the bulls that's why they are at number eight here and are in jeopardy of falling off the list even though they have some great players demar Derozan, zach levine vucevic so, no big quality wins for the Bulls. That's why they're a little bit low here. So, we take quality wins into consideration. We take overall roster, depth ability, and the overall kind of the team's big three. You need a big three to win in this league, folks. So, what is the team's big three? How Are they good? And uh, what is their depth situation? Are they deep? Do they have bench players, role players that can come out consistently and get it done? So, those are kind of the big factors we are using when we order the top 10. So with uh, all that being said, let's continue on here with the next team up. And that team is the Milwaukee Bucks. And man, oh man, Giannis is still getting it done. And shout out to Bobby Portis uh, filling in at the five because Brooke Lopez has, you know, been out for the majority of the season. But Bobby Portis has been filling in so gosh dang good out here. And this Bucks team can definitely repeat as champions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Midway part of this season. This is still a great team. Um, were they, are they as good as they were last season? Yeah, I would say they're probably on the same level. Bringing in Grayson Allen, we like it. Grayson Allen's a solid defender. We see him get kind of carried away a little bit too much and can be suspended. He was already suspended for one game this season. And, you know, once we kind of ramp up the pressure and the urgency of winning now that we're kind of 
heading towards the back end of the season where every game truly matters, trying to secure a playoff spot, we could get, you know, that kind of, you know, thug attitude by Grayson Allen, kind of tripping players, sticking his foot out, which there's absolutely zero, there needs to be zero tolerance for that in the league, folks. I mean, the NBA, I mean, it's all about the feed and landing and all that. Soft tissues injuries, you know, keeping... Clay Thompson out for two straight seasons like that is that's basically you know ACLs uh, Achilles that that's like the brain injuries of the NFL so Grayson Allen he must clean it up but he's never done it that's the biggest knock that we have on Grayson Allen we thought he cleaned it up this season and he clearly did not so we like Grayson Allen the player when he's not doing all the dirty stuff so good defender some nice threes, and that's really all he does. And that's kind of the biggest glaring spot by this Bucks team now since the trade deadline. I didn't love them getting rid of Pat Conufton. Yeah, they got rid of Pat Conufton, and uh, once again, uh, who's not here? It's Pat Conufton, and... Where are these names at? Pat Conifton got traded. I don't love that. Another guard. So they kind of, you know, at the trade deadline, they went big. They got Sergi Baca because no Brooke Lopez. So let's let, let's take this uh, step by step. I'm getting a little carried away. Uh, Brooke Lopez, how long is he going to be out for? Because this is truly going to factor in on how great this uh, Bucks team can be. Now, we know Bobby Portis is great. Don't get us wrong, but he's not as good of a defender as Brooke Lopez. Bobby Portis is maybe a better shooter. Maybe. Maybe he goes on some nice stretches. But overall, we need Brooke Lopez for the kind of depth as well. We need him for the defense. So do we have on... Do we have a timetable on Brooke Lopez here? Um, so let's see quickly here. I don't want uh, career stats, so I'm Brooke Lopez. That's all I want. Brooke Lopez. What do we got? Uh, center Brooke Lopez talks about his back surgery in progress and returning to the road. That was a week ago. The Bucks missed Brooke Lopez on both ends of the floor. That's two weeks ago. Will return in the regular season. All right, this is two weeks ago saying he will return in the regular season. Do we have any timetable? Hmm. Hmm. What do we got here? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Uh, Brooke Lopez is on schedule. They remain optimistic. Uh, they're hopeful that uh, he returns. All right. Um, all right. So they're optimistic that he comes back and will play in the regular season. Bootenheiser says he remains hopeful that he will play in some regular season game. So, all righty. We don't have anything official. And if he does come back, we're looking at maybe kind of the final few games of the season. And that's really kind of what that trade at the trade deadline signified. Hey, we need to bring in Sergi Baca, another big, good defender, can shoot the three as well because we're not going to have Brooke Lopez. But they sacrificed at the guard position, getting rid of Pat Conifton. Now you only have Drew Holiday, George Hill. Grayson Allen can't really play the one. He's not that great of a facilitator on the floor. Uh, not the best. Not the best passer. He's an okay passer, but not like Chris Paul level, obviously. So I didn't love that the Bucks kind of switched uh, depth for bigs instead of guards. You've still got Giannis. You've got Bobby Portis. I mean, they've been making it work. And if you were so optimistic 
optimistic of Brooke Lopez coming back at the end of the season, then there was no reason to make that trade in the first place. So I don't love that they got less deep at the guard position, got more deep at the big position. I don't think that's the perfect way to go. So I think that truly hurts the Bucks overall. Um, but, I mean, their starting lineup of Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Bobby Portis, I mean, it's been getting it done. It's a winnable lineup here. I don't love the depth that much. Once again, no more guard, real depth. You bring in Sergi Baca, who we do like. Uh, he gives great production. He can fill in. And the starting lineup, whenever he really kind of needs to, if Bobby Portis is out for a game, we can believe in Sergi Baca to step it up in the starting lineup to be able to win that game. Uh, so I don't love the Bucks depth here roster-wise. They've still got Giannis, who obviously is fantastic. Bigs in the league. Y'all know how we feel about the bigs. Um, so roster-wise, Bucks a little lacking, a little lacking. And, uh, you know, that's what kind of got the Bucks a little bit of, in trouble last season, not having, you know, Drew Holiday kind of, uh, wasn't he injured and they had to go to Pat Connaughton and all, and all that? Now, the Bucks still won the ring last season, fantastic. They were able to make it work, but, you know, they were just able to make it work. And the Nets were, you know, a toenail away from winning that overtime game in Game 7. Uh, Kevin Durant on the two-point line instead of the three-point line. So, um, don't love that by the Bucks. I didn't love the trade by the Bucks. is the overall point of that. Uh, so, now that we've got that talk through, now let's talk about their schedule. Are they beating the good teams, folks? Are we talking about good quality wins out here? Or are they going to surprise us like the Bulls did, only having six quality wins? That's so alarming, folks. Like, that was, like, I was truly mind blown when we read that yesterday on the show. I cannot believe that the, the this Bulls team is just getting away with beating irrelevant teams and is this highly regarded in the media because of DeMar DeRozan and that's fine DeMar DeRozan's been having a great season but it's not translating to wins against the better teams in the league and we need to see that if we're talking about you as one of the best teams in the league you've got to be beating some of the best teams in the league so we were truly disappointed about the Bulls last uh, yesterday on the show when we talked about that all right but here we go the Bull the Bucks quality wins of this season so far up until the all-star break these are what we count quality wins at in the eastern conference the heat quality win bulls 76ers Cavs, bucks in the celtics top six in the eastern conference all have a secured playoff spot at the midway part of the season and then in the Western Conference, we have the Suns, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Those are all the quality wins in the Western Conference. So, let's see how many quality wins this Bucks team has. Here we go. They have wins against the Nets, the Spurs, the Pacers, the Pistons, the 76ers. Quality win right there, one. All right, what else do we got? We got wins against the Lakers, the Thunder, the Magic twice in a row, the Pistons, the Nuggets, another quality win, the Pacers, the Hornets, the Heat, quality win. The Cavs, a quality win. The Rockets, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Rockets, the Mavericks, quality win. The Celtics. Um, Celtics are quality win, correct? Yeah, Celtics right on the verge of quality win. Love it. All right, so Celtics, that's number seven. We get wins against the Magic twice. The Pelicans. The Nets, the Warriors quality win, the Grizzlies quality win, the Bulls quality win, the Kings, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Blazers, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Pacers, and oh my goodness, that is it. Oh my God, they've only got nine. Wow, wow, Bucks, a little lackluster there. We really wanted to see you in double-digit 
quality wins. Suns had 14 quality wins alongside with the Grizzlies. That was the most that we've seen so far, 14 quality wins. Then we have the Warriors at 13. Then we have the Jazz and the 76ers both at 11 quality wins. The Heat at 10 quality wins. And then we have the Cavs and the Bucks right on that kind of cusp of double-digit quality wins at 9. Alrighty, so this Bucks team... <clears throat> Not as many quality wins as we would like. Um, just kind of in the past month, let's go back to January 21st. Let's get the last month of games up here. Quality losses, they've lost against the Cavs, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Blazers, and the 76ers. That's their last five losses. Really all quality teams. So this Bucks team kind of falling off a little bit. Bobby Portis' big three streak is not as good as it kind of has been. Since, you know, the trade deadline, a little bit worse depth ability at the guard position. So, we still love this Bucks team. I'm putting them over the Bulls. I'm putting them above the Bulls. I'm putting them above the Heat. And I don't know if I can put them above the Cavs. Uh, I got it. All right. I'll put them above the Cavs at number six. I think that's where I'll go. Um, do I put them above the Jazz? I may put them above the Jazz as well. We're kind of falling out of love with this Jazz team. And once again, we've got to see Rudy Gobert truly pick it up at the back end of the season. But the Jazz have that depth ability, folks. And it truly should be coming all back together after the trade deadline since they're all healthy finally. All right, we're putting this Bucks team. We're going to put them at number four. Six. We're going to... Mm, mm, the Cavs. I don't want to disrespect the Cavs. I truly don't want to disrespect the Cavs, folks, by putting the Bucks ahead of them. The Cavs are fantastic, folks. Absolutely. Um. So, all right. That... Mm, mm, mm. 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 Like, they're, they, they, they're basically like a half a game separation. Uh, the Bucks, the Cavs, and the 76ers overall record-wise are all just like a half a game uh, all within each other. So, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but I am going to put the Bucks over the Cavs just because of the big, honestly. I love Jared Allen. Don't get us wrong. He's fantastic. All-star. Uh, you know, he helped win the skills challenge for Team Cleveland this all-star break. So, shout out to Jared Allen. Big, big, big time. But I am going to put the Bucks at number six. And we're going to move the Cavs, the Heat, and the Bulls all down one spot. So the Bulls go from 8 to 9. The Heat go from 7 to 8. Oh, hang on. No, no, no. Uh, the Heat go to number 8 here. The Cavs go from 6 to 7. And we're going to put this Bucks team at number 6 here. Don't love that they kind of fallen off a little bit at the back end of the season. And we have seen that by, you know, some of these teams here. Jazz have kind of fallen off at the kind of, you know, back end of the season heading into the All-Star break. And, you know, teams kind of looking forward to that mini break off, you know, the, the, the celebrations and all that. So we can kind of get it, but we really need to see these teams right from the get-go, right out of that break and, you know, reestablishing their dominance in the league. So we're going to put the Bucks at number six here. 
Alrighty, what else do we have up next here? Next team up that we've got to talk about is the Mavericks. Alrighty, this is kind of the one team that we can't really put our finger on. We run into these teams every so often. Uh, what was the NFL team that we just really cannot put our finger on the pulse on? Um, there was one team that we just really, we didn't know what they were. They are like the Vikings. They're just the anomaly of the league. Great stats. But for this Mavericks team, it is resulting in the wins, unlike the Vikings. Uh, but this Mavericks team, they're winning. I don't love how they're winning. They don't have the big anymore. Getting rid of Porzingis at the trade deadline, and it really didn't hurt them. They were still winning, and Porzingis has been out a couple of games this season, and they still were winning decently without him. So this Mavericks team, they're going against kind of the overall narrative of you need a big. This is a bigs world now. The Mavericks were like, yeah, we don't care about that. Y'all are doing the bigs. Well, we're not doing the bigs. We're putting the foot down. We don't need the big here. Y'all need the big to win, but we got a Luka. So Oh, if you got a Luka, you don't need a big, I guess, is the overall uh, sentiment. But as, you know, even with, like, the Hawks, I know Trey Young, you know, it's not Luka Doncic. You know, they're similar players. Uh, the Hawks have Clint Capella. Um, so that's something, but Luka Doncic doesn't have that. So no bigs here with the Mavericks, but still winning games. Let's see how many quality wins. That's really going to be the key for this Mavericks team. How many quality wins? Cause we may get a little bit of a surprise where this Mavericks team only has maybe like six quality wins like the Bulls. And if that's the point, I don't even think I put them in the top 10. So, here we go. Their roster overall, uh, overall wise now, after the trade deadline, we get Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell. I mean, that's their bigs, folks. Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber coming off the bench. And we know Maxi Kleber can shoot the three. And who do they bring in? Getting rid of their bigs, they bring in Davis Berton, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, shooters, shooters. Davis Berton's love that. Um, so they've got shooters everywhere. That's what this team is. And they're still not playing Boban. I mean, what the hell is going on? Can we give some mother-loving respect to Boban Marjanovic out here, please? Can we play this, man? You've got no big. Boban, what is this, man? Like 7'4", seven, 7'5"? Seven, what do we got by Boban? 7-3. Why is this man not playing any minute? I just don't get it. It's like it's not like they don't play him at the back end of the season or anything like that. You don't even play him in the start of the season where it really doesn't matter. Where the NBA season really doesn't matter the first couple of months, uh, the first month, two, three weeks of the season. Just play your guys. Figure out what you got. He doesn't even get playing time at that point. So that's the that's probably the most disrespectful thing of the entire NBA season. Both Boban Marjanovic getting zero play. We absolutely hate it. So you put Boban. Well, what's the harm of playing Boban a couple of minutes a night? Uh, you know, start him off the bench. That's fine. I would like to see him in the starting lineup, but we, we're not going to get that. We know we're never going to get that, folks. Um, so, uh, this Mavericks team, they're shooters everywhere. They live and die by the three, and they are 35 and 24, fifth, I believe, in the Western Conference at the current moment. Yes, fifth in the Western Conference at the current moment. So, 
They're getting it done, and like we said, we, we don't like how they're winning. It doesn't look that great when I watch it, but it wins at the end of the day, so we can't truly knock it at this point. But let's see how many quality wins this Mavericks team has. Are they beating the good teams? Are they beating playoff caliber teams at the current moment, or are they just feeding off of, you know, the Knicks, <laughs> which is easy to feed off of? Um, so here we go. Are we going to be surprised or is this Mavericks team going to surprise us in the opposite way? Having like 20. What if they have 20 quality wins? It would blow my mind and I would be forced to put them as at the number one team in the league. My hand would be forced at that point. But let's uh, stop the speculation and find out. So here we go. Quality wins. Let's count them up here. Here we go. The Mavericks. They have wins against the Raptors, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Kings, the Spurs, the Celtics, quality win number one. The Pelicans, the Spurs, the Nuggets, quality win number two. Uh, the wins against the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, quality win number three. The Thunder, the Hornets, the Timberwolves, the Blazers, the Kings, the Thunder, the Nuggets, a quality win. The Warriors, a quality win. The Rockets, the Bulls, another quality win. The Grizzlies, again, another quality win. The Magic, the Thunder, the Raptors, the Grizzlies, again, another quality win. The Blazers, the 76ers, quality win. The Hawks, the Pistons, the Clippers, the Heat, quality win. The Pelicans, wow, look at that. Ten quality wins for this Mavericks team. You gotta give them credit. We've gotta give them credit. We're, we've got no other choice but to give this team credit. We may not like it here, but uh, that's too bad for me personally. They're winning games. I cannot knock it. Luka Doncic is still getting it done. The supporting cast is all getting it done. Maxi Kleber is hitting threes off the bench at the five position. It does not matter. They're winning games and winning games cures all, folks. Really, at the end of the day, are you winning? Yes. Well, I can buy into you. I can bet into you and we'll talk you up on the show. So, shout out to this Mavericks team. I'm going to put them above the Bulls, and I'm going to put them above the Heat. I'm not going to put them above the Cavs, but I am going to put them above the Heat. The Heat leaving a bad taste in our mouth. Once again, we've stripped the title away from the Heat. They are no longer the kennel. They are no longer the dogs, the big dogs. Dogs that got to eat dogs, wagon dogs sniffing dogs tails wagon ready <laughs> it doesn't matter any dog analogy is done with the heat they can earn it back but it is done with the heat hate how they've kind of ended the season up until the trade up until the all-star break so we're gonna move the heat and the bulls down one spot and we're putting the mavericks at number eight we're gonna put them at number eight Gonna put them at number eight. All right, so here we go. Uh, Bulls go from number ten, uh, number nine to number ten, ready to fall off. It's like uh, <laughs> they're like, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, Price is Right game, the yodeler. Uh, you know, right on the edge, looking to fall off one more. You go over one more dollar on that product, he's falling off the cliff. Cliffhanger. There it is. It all comes together, folks. Cliffhanger. Uh, the Bulls are the cliffhanger here, folks. They are ready to be knocked off. Uh, but shout out to the Mavericks at number eight, folks. Winning games, looking good. Luka Doncic doing it all. How uh, are they going to be able to keep up that level of play? Once again, this is a big league. Are the Mavericks going to be the true exception to that rule? Well, so far, they kind of are. But uh, we will put them at number eight at the All-Star break. Shout out to the Mavericks. That was that was good. That was impressive. Ten quality wins, folks. Got to give them credit for that. More quality wins than the Bucks and the Cavs and the Bulls. I mean, same amount of quality wins as the Heat. 
shout out to the Mavericks. <laughs> shout out to the Mavericks. Absolutely. And I believe those were uh, the Mavericks were one of our last uh, like good bets of the season so far since the break. Mavericks minus two right before uh, one of their last games. They win by like seven. Fantastic. So there's betability on the Mavericks, folks. We've known that, and uh, they're winning games. So big time shout out to the Mavs, folks. Alrighty, what do we got next team up here? Alright, we're going the Denver Nuggets. And man, oh man, I cannot tell y'all how impressed I am with this Nuggets team, folks. Truly big time impressive. Losing um, Jamal Murray for the entire year. He didn't even play. They had Michael Porter Jr. for a few games. How many games did Michael Porter Jr. actually play? Did he get to 20? Did he get to 20 games this season? Um, but he goes out and he's going to be out for the entire year. So, I mean, that's, that was their big three. They lost their big three. Now they do have Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon is not offensive. Michael Porter Jr. Is offensive guy. 20 points a game. No problem. Jamal Murray is offensive point guard. He can put up 20 a game. We know the man can score. Do we not have to tell y'all and go back to that fantastic playoff series between Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, the Nuggets and the Jets? where it went seven games and every game it was Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell or both of them having like 40 point nights we know Jamal Murray can be offensive but they lose both of them and it's just Aaron Gordon who rarely can give us 20 points a night rarely give us 15 points a night that's not his game good defender we give him credit for that uh, good yeah good defender uh great nah good good defender uh, but they don't have the offense, and they're still winning because it's a bigs world, baby. It's joking getting it done all by his lonesome out there. And they're the sixth seed in the Western Conference looking real gosh dang good. Give this Nuggets team big time respect, overcoming every single obstacle that is in their way. And at the midpoint of the season, they're in the playoffs. Big time respect and big time credit to this Nuggets team. What do we got? Michael Porter Jr. How many games he played this season? Only nine games. Yeah, only nine games a season. So, mm, mm, and they're still able to win games. Now, are they beating the best teams? That's something we're going to look at. But let's go back to their roster this is their starting lineup. Monty Morris at the one, Will Barton at the two, Aaron Gordon at the three, Jeff Green at the four, and Jokic at the five. Now, they do bring in uh, Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes has been fantastic for this team. The offensive production that they've been lacking, Bryn Forbes has been making up. And shout out to Bryn Forbes, folks. The man is absolutely fantastic. Uh, coming off the bench, I could even see him in the starting lineup. It wasn't Bryn Forbes. He was with the Bucks last season. Is, is my memory correct? This man played with the... Um, this man played with the Bucks last season, correct? Let me go back. Uh, well, see, this is why I hate ESPN. Can I just get the career stats up here, folks? Shout out to Pro Basketball Reference. That's all you should ever use. ESPN, like, what the hell is... Dude, honestly, like, honestly, what is ESPN, folks? ESPN is so dinosaur, folks. They're doing the same things, not innovating. They're wondering why their ratings are in the toilet and they have to bring in Peyton Manning and Eli Manning for Monday night football games to make them interesting again. That's their big plan. Let's 
let's have a podcast while watching sports. That's their big plan of bringing viewership back to the network, never evolving, never getting into kind of the esports market. That's a little bit like not tapped into as much as it probably should be. But I mean, ESPN, their their website's trash, their stats are trash. There's like you're supposed to be the sports thing. Like that's your thing. That's all you do with sports. And you can't even be good sports television. You can't even be good sports website or stats or anything like that. So I don't know what the hell ESPN is, um, but uh, it's not good. It's honestly not good at all. And no, I shouldn't probably be dissing ESPN because that's dissing Disney and that's dissing the entire world. And uh, uh, but um, I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'm censored by Big Disney, Big Mouse. I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe that's why we're not growing because we're actively knocking Big Mouse. You know what I mean? Uh, but Brent Forbes, let's get him up. I'm almost 99% sure he was with the Bucks. Am I bugging? Let me see. Was he with the championship Bucks last season? 2020, 2021. Yeah. Championship season. Yes. Yes. And then he went to the Spurs. That's right. That's where we got it. That's where it was a little fuzzy. My memory. That's right. He went to the Spurs this season and then he got traded off the Spurs to the Nuggets. All right. Now we get it. All right. But either way, Brent Forbes, he's fantastic, folks. This man is an undervalued role player. I was a little disappointed that the Bucks got rid of him. Once again, got a little bit less deep at that guard position. Hopefully that doesn't turn back and bite the Bucks in the butt as they make their, you know, repeat attempt this season. But shout out big time to Brent Forbes. This man can hit the three, folks. What is he shooting? 42% from the three. 42. Why was this man not in the three-point contest? Um, Give that man a spot. I want to see Brent Forbes in the three-point contest next season. You understand me, Brent? Get in there. NBA, invite that man in the three-point contest shooting 42% this season. Love it. All right, back to the overall roster for this Nuggets team. Let's click off of Brent Forbes. All right, so yeah, getting Brent Forbes off the bench. Austin Rivers, solid as well. He can facilitate the floor. So, you know, and then you can bring in Bones Highland. You get Fecondo Capazzo. So a nice, real deep team as of now. Um, bringing in DeMarcus Cousins. We'll see uh, if he can kind of, you know, rejuvenate himself because that's what we've been seeing, folks. JaVale McGee, fantastic. Andre Drummond, fantastic big. Roll bigs, older bigs, uh, great bigs in their prime. DeMarcus Cousins, kind of same way, kind of still a little bit in his prime. Is this man 30 yet? What do you got, Demarcus Cousins? Thirty-one. So, okay, yeah, uh, we know Demarcus, Muzz Demarcus Cousins can be very impactful down low. Got to stay healthy. That's the biggest knock on him. But still, you know, fantastic, great plays by the big. And all you have to do is back up Joe Kick. That's not that hard to do. The man, you know, he, he plays the entire game mostly. So you only have to come in a couple of minutes a game and do okay. So overall, this Nuggets team—they've got—they're sneaky, folks. Not kind of the big superstars. They've got one. Uh, I, yeah. I, They've got one superstar on the team. That's joking. I'm not counting Aaron Gordon as a superstar anymore. I'm done with that. Um, so, overall, the Nuggets really have a sneaky, deep, role-playing team. Now, what do we need 
to get the best out of role players. We need leadership on the floor, and we get that by Jokic, but we also need great coaching. And uh, the Nuggets, they've got a good coach. Uh, whoa, what's the name? Nuggets coach. Let me bring up this man's name. Blanking on the name. But the reason why I bring up the coach is because, you know, look at the Raptors. A lot of role players. Maybe one superstar. You want to give it to Fanfleet. want to give it to Siakam. You know, I can kind of maybe, you know, give y'all that clearance to name one of those two superstars, all-stars, whatever you want to call it. But what makes the Raptors so good is Nick Nurse bringing out the best of that Raptors team on a gamely basis. Do the Nuggets have that in our man? Nuggets head coach. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Malone. Michael Malone out here. He's good. He's good. I don't know if he's as good. Do, uh, do I, I think I take Nick Nurse over Michael Malone. But overall, solid coach here by the Nuggets. So uh, we've seen Bryn Forbes, Bone Highland, Austin Rivers. We've, we've seen them be good for kind Capazzo as well so this Nuggets team they've got some nice guards to make up for you know no Jamal Murray that kind of great shooting guard three uh you know small forward whatever you know uh, Michael Porter Jr uh, do they really have somebody to make up for him Brent Forbes a little bit a little bit so Aaron Gordon is definitely not you know the three score like Michael Porter Jr is or anything like that so Missing a little bit of Michael Porter Jr., but overall, Jokic and these role players at the guard position are truly getting it done. Like we said, six in the Western Conference at the midway point of the season. It deserves some respect. So, now let's see how many quality wins does this, does this Nuggets team have. Hopefully, it's a good, decent number. I would love to have this Nuggets team inside the top 10. Um, but uh, if they don't have the quality wins, it's going to be tough to keep them in the top 10. So let's count the wins here by this Nuggets team. We love the roster. That gets the big check mark. Now do they get the check mark in the quality win department? Here we go. First game of the season, and they come out and beat the Suns. Oh, yeah, in dominating fashion. They beat them by 12. Ooh, that's a big old quality win. That's one quality win right off the rip. Love it. All right, so they got wins against the Suns. That's one. The Spurs, the Mavericks, another quality win. The Timberwolves, the Rockets, the Heat, another quality win. The Pacers, the Hawks, the Blazers. Ooh, and then they go on this big old losing streak. Yikes. But then they beat the Heat to get out of it. That's a quality win. They beat the Knicks, the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Wizards, the Hawks, the Clippers, the Warriors. That's a quality win. The Rockets, they got wins against the Kings, the Thunder, the Blazers, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Pistons twice, the Nets, the Pelicans, the Bucks. a quality win. Then they beat the Nets and the Knicks and the Raptors and the Magic and the Warriors. So we got seven quality wins. Well done to get a quality win right before the All-Star break. Their final game Wednesday, February 16th. They beat the Warriors by one point. That's a quality win. So a little bit light overall by the quality wins here. So still need this Nuggets team to continue to get better, continue to get, you know, the best out of Bryn Forbes, continue to have Austin Rivers try to be good, um, and Jokic continuing to do his thing that he gets absolutely slept on for. So this Nuggets team, where can we put them? Well, uh, I'm going to put them over the Bulls, absolutely. So the Bulls are now a officially out of the top 10 and I don't know if I can put them over the heat at the current moment so we're gonna have nuggets at that kind of falling off cliff 
hanger at that 10th spot. And we'll keep the Nuggets here at number 10 going into our last final three teams uh, before we've got our final top 10, folks. So Nuggets... Ugh, I love them, folks. I really, and once again, Jokic for MVP of, uh, you know, overcoming all of this. James Harden, yeah, he didn't have Ben Simmons, but they were still winning games really good, and we didn't really see that they were lacking offensively or defensively or kind of point guardly, facilitating the floorly, leadershiply. We didn't really see the 76ers lose that much from no Ben Simmons. We were kind of kind of like, all right, good, but no more Ben Simmons. Like now we can move on. We like Tyrese Maxey over Ben Simmons. We will say that. I don't care. Um the man can shoot, the man can facilitate the floor, the man can rebound, the man is good. Uh, we don't need a 6'11 point guard that can't shoot, okay? Good luck with the Nets. Truly good luck getting along with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We know they're not the most likable personalities to get along with. So good luck, Ben Simmons. Because uh, they'll, they'll criticize you. They'll criticize you. They will maybe subtweet. Sub, uh, sub something. They will sub something Ben Simmons, and we know Ben Simmons gets into his feelings. And so he would fit right into Kevin Rand and a little bit of Kyrie Irving. So this Nets team, it's not working out, folks. This is why we're not putting them in even the top 10 discussion. I don't want to hear it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, back, uh, yeah, the 76, yeah, so Joel Embiid kind of front runner for MVP, Steph Curry kind of found his way, I believe Steph Curry is officially number one now at the All-Star break for MVP, is this correct? Um, I don't agree, especially with the, like, the last two weeks that he's had, truly letting us down, um, three-point wise and all that. But we got tier um, champion. We don't got MVP odds, conference winner, division winner to make the playoffs, player stats, scoring leader. Yeah, well, we don't got MVP. No MVP odds. So once again, the DraftKings, I don't get what's going on here. Um, I guess in New York, uh, you know how we were trying to bet the all-star games and all that. I guess in New York, you can't, you can't bet on anything that has judges on voting. So that's why we couldn't bet on the dunk contest here in New York. Um, we still couldn't bet on the three point contest and I guess we can't bet on like exhibition games in New York. So that's why we can't do a lot of all-star, but then we could bet on the all-star game. So there's some rules with the New York betting that, uh, I don't really get all together, we can't bet some things, can't bet the others. Um, but what do we got for MVP? We can't bet MVP? I thought Steph Curry has, like, the best odds, but um, I, I thought I just saw that somewhere over the last couple of days. All right, whatever. But I do believe Steph Curry is kind of, like, MVP front runner, then Joel Embiid, then Jokic. But, um, yeah, that's why I'm kind of saying maybe Jokic over Joel Embiid because Jokic, I mean, no Jamal Murray right off the rip and then losing Michael Porter Jr. and then he's still getting wins. I think that deserves MVP over uh, Embiid and Jokic better from last season to this season. And Jokic won MVP last season. He's doing better this season. So don't do the Aaron Rodgers where he had a better MVP season and then declined and then still won MVP. Doesn't make any sense to me still but whatever uh but overall shout out to the nuggets shout out to Jokic, and uh he is kind of my mvp front runner at the current moment but we will put this nuggets team at number 10 all right final three teams let's see can any of these teams get into the top 10 can they have a nice spot in the top 10 can we maybe make one of these teams the number one seed 
Let's find out. So the next team up here is the Boston Celtics. And I got to give this Celtics team so much credit. They figured it out, folks. We hated, absolutely hated the Celtics team early on the first month, two months, month and a half of the season. We were not believers in the Celtics team at all. It was so Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum heavy. Nobody else was facilitating the floor. They had no great guard play. The bigs, Robert Williams was solid, but then having like Al Horford at the four. How long is that going to last? And they weren't winning at all and looking really not good at all. Not fluid at all. But the last month, last month, sheesh, what a 180 turnaround. So I got to surely shout out uh, the Celtics head coach, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, so let me bring it up here. Celtics head coach Uza, uh, Ime Udoka, Ime Udoka, Fantastic job here so far at the head coaching position. You know, first year here, you know, replacing Brad Stevens. Not the easiest team to work with. You've got some superstars, but that's really it. I mean, you got Jason Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's really all he had. Uh, no great dominant big in a dominating big league. You know, having Dennis Schroeder kicked out of L.A. with Marcus Smart, who's always been just Eh, I would say Marcus Smart's always been, you know, oh yeah, good, yeah, Mar yeah, Marcus Smart, yeah, good, and eh, you know, not like superstar, all star, elite category, tier one, anything like that. But and you know, this man was floundering. The team was floundering in the first half of the season, but they've cleaned it up, and that's what coaching is. That's what coaching is. Getting better. All right, we're trash now. Doesn't mean we still have to be trash forever. Getting better. What is working? What is not working? Fixing what is not working. All right, what the hell can I do? All right, let's kind of move the ball. More ball move. And that's what we've been seeing. Marcus Smart moving the ball, facilitating the floor. And I really think that was the key of unlocking the Celtics team of being really good now. What do we got the Celtics team? Like fourth, fifth in the Eastern? Six in the Eastern Conference, ready to kind of continue to make some headway here. About two games back from being like from number three to six. So I mean, this is a good team now, folks. Eight, uh, nine, and one in their last ten. Big time shout out to head coach Ime Udoka. Shout out to that man. Absolutely very well done. Also, shout out Marcus Martin. We were a little worried that the man was going to be out for big time. But a uh, little bit of an injury scare in one of their their final like three games. But he's good to go. He should be good to go after the All-Star break. And if not, maybe a week, a week and a half, two weeks max, I would say, before this man returns to the lineup. So, we're good. We ooh, Because we were just starting to love the Celtics. And then we saw Marcus Mark go down. And we thought it was ACL. But it was just uh, ankle sprain, ankle twist. No big deal. So the fact that Marcus Smart is still healthy, absolutely love it. They bring in Derek White at the trade deadline, which was just so mind-blowingly great. Genius. I mean, I didn't see that happening at all. Well, we wanted more guard play by the Celtics team. So they get rid of Dennis Schroeder, who wasn't really doing anything that greatly consistent. And then they bring in Derek White, who has a big old ceiling. And not only do they bring in Derek White, they just bring in Derek White to kind of come off the bench. I don't know. <clears throat> Once Marcus Mark gets 100% healthy, if Derek White will overtake that starting point guard role, I don't think so. So just having Derek White coming off the bench, yeah, just kind of being kind of the sixth option out here, fifth option if you want to call it. So that's fantastic. Love that. Bringing in more bench guard depth. That's truly what they need. 
Robert Williams still good to go. A little banged up as well, but, you know, overall, he should be good to go. Daniel Tice, we don't love. They brought in Daniel Tice back at the trade deadline as well. Don't love it. We, we've never loved Daniel Tice. We didn't love him last year with the Celtics. We didn't love him this year with the Rockets. And, you know, we still don't really love him back here with the Celtics. But now that he's truly playing the number two, Robert Williams is still the number one. Love Robert Williams over J Daniel Tice. And we were saying that all last season. Having Al Horford at the four... Uh, I don't know how long that's going to last. So we can shout out these bigs, you know, Al Horford, DeAndre Drummonds, the JaVale McGee's, uh, but they are, you know, a little aging out of the league. Where are they going to be able to keep it up for the back end of the season? Are they going to be good and um, productive on the floor when they get in the playoffs and having to go seven game series after seven game series after seven game series just to get to another seven game series? So shout out to Al Horford and shout out to all these kind of, you know, older bigs that are still getting it done in the first half of the season. But is it going to last? That's something that we're definitely going to be keeping our eye on as we head into the back end of the season. Al Horford, 35. You know, no, no disrespect, but that's a little bit old in the NBA. I mean, LeBron's 36, okay? I mean, you know, no, no spring chickens, okay? But he is still getting it done right now. How long is it going to last? So longevity here for the Celtics may be a little bit in question. But overall, you know, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being superstars and getting it done pretty much on a consistent basis with Marcus Smart or Derek White, facilit Derek White facilitating the floor, this is still a really good, solid team. Not the deepest. Not the deepest because, I mean, we got Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Nesmith, who are not developed at all. They can't give us any great positive production. Um, and, you know, lackluster bigs. So, you know, these are not tier one bigs. These are not even really kind of tier two bigs. They rely on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to do it all. Maybe, maybe I would put Robert Williams in tier two, but like below middle, not like middle tier two, maybe end tier two, back end tier two. Still tier two, but back end tier two. Uh, so overall, Celtics, I like that they are winning now. But I don't love the depth of the roster overall. And now let's go to their schedule because they have been getting wins as of recently. Are they quality wins? Or are these just bull jive wins that are just not it? So here we go for this Celtics team. Let's count the quality wins. Need something good if they want to crack the top 10. We already have the top 10 set, so they're going to have to show us something to try to move one of these teams out of here. Let's see if they do that. Here we go. Celtics have wins against the Rockets, the Hornets, the Magic, the Heat. That's a quality win. Uh, the Raptors, the Bucks, a quality win. The Cavs, a quality win. The Lakers, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Raptors, the 76ers, quality win, number four. Uh, wins against the Blazers, the Bucks again. That's a quality win. The Knicks, the Cavs again. That's a quality win. The Suns, a quality win. We're at seven. They beat the Knicks. They beat the Pacers twice back-to-back. -back. They beat the Bulls, quality win. They beat the Pelicans. They beat the Wizards, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Heat again, a quality win. The Hornets, the Pistons, the Magic, the Nets, the Nuggets, a quality win. The Hawks, the 76ers, quality win. That's 11. Oh, baby. Love it. And look at how, I mean, folks, this is what I'm talking about. The last month, look at this last month, folks. We've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 wins and like three losses in the last month. That's beautiful. Absolutely perfection. And they're beating the playoff teams right now. The 76ers, the Nuggets, 
the Heat. They're beating these teams as of recent. Big time credit to this Celtics team. Okay, so now where do we move this team at? Hmm, man, this, uh, man, this, uh, this top 10, folks, it's close. This is close. This is a really competitive top 10, honestly. I don't know if I want to move the Nuggets out of the top 10. The Heat on real thin ice with us, truly. But I got, I got to put the Celtics team in the top 10. 11 quality wins. Oh, my God. That's so deserving. So deserving. Especially as of recently. They figured it out, and that's what you're supposed to be doing. I want to see. If you're trash in the first month, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to really hold that against you. We will still take that into consideration. But if you're winning at the end, the back end of seasons, the middle part of the season, that's what I really want to see you getting better. Man. Celtics. Celtics. Can I put them over the Nuggets? Do we move the Nuggets out? Do the Nuggets fall off the cliff, folks? Do the Nuggets fall off the cliff? I love with the Celtics. I want to respect this Celtics team. Like, I don't want to just put them at 10. I want to move them up a bit. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what we're going to do. I'm sorry for the Nuggets. They got to move out of the top 10. I've got no choice here, folks. My hands are tied. The Nuggets must fall out of the top 10. It pains me to do so, but that's what it's looking at at the current moment. I want to respect Jokic for getting it done by his lonesome. The Heat have let us down. When was the last, when was this last quality win by the Heat? Because I may switch it up a little bit. Let's go back to the Heat. Uh, I want to keep the Mavs in the top 10. Gotta res- I got to keep this Mavs team in the top 10, truly. Uh, this Heat team, though, when was their last quality win? If it didn't come in the last month, I'm moving them out of the top 10. They won't be number 9. Uh, so their last wins, uh, Hornets, Nets, Pelicans, Wizards, Hornets, Spurs, Clippers, Knicks, Lakers, Blazers. Yeah, they don't have a quality win in the last month, folks. And they face quality teams. They lost against the Celtics. (laughs) That was their quality opponent that they could have beaten. They lost to the Mavericks, another quality opponent that they could have beaten. So, yeah, I'm I'm moving the Heat out of the top 10. I'm done with that. I'm done with the Heat. They need to prove themselves. So, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the Heat out of the top 10. I'm going to move the Mavericks from 8 to 9, and then I'm going to put the Celtics at number 8. That's exactly what I'm going to do so I can keep the Nuggets at number 10, move the Heat out of the top 10, move the Mavs from 8 to 9, and then I squeeze the Celtics in at number 8. That's what I feel very comfortable doing. Yes, yes, that's it. That's it, folks. There it is. Love it. Love it. We got two more teams to talk about, so here we go. All right, next team up here is the Raptors. Now, while we're talking about this team, they are not currently in the top six in the Eastern Conference on the borderline of number seven, but they've been so good as of late, and that's why I want to kind of give this Raptors team some respect if they can crack the top ten. So, let's talk about this Raptors team. Shout out to Nick Nurse. Love him as a coach. And shout out big time to our MVP candidate, folks. Pascal Siakam, put him at the two, put him at the five, put him at the four, does not matter. Pascal Siakam gives us great production wherever he is needed, given who's in and out on this Raptors team. 
So shout out to Siakam, shout out to Scotty Barnes, potential rookie of the year candidate, well done. Fred Van Vliet, who is on his bullshit this season. Is this man averaging like, I want to say the man's averaging like 26, 26 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. I'm going to say 20, I'm going to say 24 Four and seven. That's what I'm going to say. 24, four and seven. What do we got? Fred Van Vliet. Ooh, 21, four and seven. So a little bit, we gave him a little bit more credit for the points, but yeah, four rebounds, seven assists. Bango, bango. Fred Van Vliet is having an exceptional season out here. Shout out to Fred Van Vliet. Gary Trent Jr. getting it done. Is he giving us more than 15 points a game? 18, 2 and 2, baby. Yes, sir. Gary Trent Jr. getting it done. Still that, you know, shooting guard. That's all he needs to be. Decent defender, you know, good three point shooter, letting Fred Van Vliet facilitate the floor. Fred Van Vliet's like averaging 10 threes a game, folks. And that's why we bet him in the three point contest. He let us down, floundered big time. But luckily for Fred Van Vliet, the three point contest does not factor into our top 10 because if it did, we would not even be talking about the Raptors. So you're lucky, Fred Van Vliet. OG and a newbie at the at the three. We get uh, the bench of Precious. We get uh, Chris Boucher, Chris Butcher. We get him coming off the bench. So not the deepest team. I um, mean, they truly rely on their starters. I mean, when we see this team winning games, it's not because the bench is giving us you know multiple double digit performers or anything like that. It's because one through five in the starting lineup have fantastic nights. So they truly rely on their starters to all get it done. Nick Nurse coaches the starting team fantastic love to play the starters like it's not like you know these the bench are floundering because they're uh not getting because uh, they, it's not like this raptors bench is floundering because they're getting 25 minutes a game and they're just not good and efficient or anything like that i mean uh Nick Nurse loves to just play his starters. You know, the bench gets solid quality minutes, but they don't go above and beyond on the minutes. They really love to hone in on the starting five. So we love Nick Nurse. We love the starting five here. They bring in Thaddeus Young, and man, oh man, what an absolute pickup here at the trade deadline. Uh, we love Thaddeus Young. He still gives us great production coming off the bench here. He doesn't need to be the starter, doesn't need to be a main scoring option, just a nice defending big, and that's exactly what we can get from Thaddeus Young. So love the starters here by the Raptors. They've been winning as of recently. They have an MVP candidate on the roster, or they should at least. I mean, you all need to start respecting start respecting Pascal Siakam. We don't have to, he doesn't have to win it. doesn't even have to be kind of the front runner or the second, but he needs to be in the conversation. It really should go uh, Joe Kick, Joel Embiid, DeMar DeRozan, Pascal Siakam. That's really how it should go. And I guess Curry worked his way in there somehow. I don't know if I agree with that, but Vegas does, but we'll, we'll see. But shout out to Pascal Siakam. All right, now let's count the quality wins here for this Raptors team. Here we go. Looking for some quality wins here. Here we go. They got wins against the Celtics, the Pacers, the Magic, the Pacers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the 76ers, another quality win, number two. They beat the Kings, the Grizzlies, quality win. They beat the Bucks, a quality win. The Wizards, the Knicks, the Kings, the Warriors, a quality win. They beat the Clippers, the Knicks, the Spurs, the Bucks, the Jazz, two quality wins back-to-back. -back. Ooh, sheesh, flex on them. Uh, they beat the Pelicans. They beat the Bucks again. Oh, my goodness, we're at eight. Uh, they beat the Wizards, the Blazers, the Hornets, the Heat, quality win. The Hawks, the Heat again. The Bulls, another quality win. The Hawks, the Hornets, the Thunder, the Rockets. 
and then the Timberwolves. So, man, oh, man, that's 11 quality wins by this Raptors team. Respect this Raptors team, folks. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing because I'm going to put this Raptors team at number 10. I love the Nuggets, folks. Don't get me wrong, but the Raptors, I believe, have a more complete team overall. They've got uh, more quality wins than the Nuggets by four, but uh, I got to put this Raptors team at number 10, folks. I'm super impressed. The last, I mean, like we said, what, we, what do we say? Eight and two in their last 10 over the last month. Let's get that up here. From January 21st all the way up until today, they got they are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 wins in four losses in the last month. Big time fantastic here. They had an eight-win streak beating the Heat, the Bulls. The Hawks are good. They beat them twice during this stretch as well. So got to give this... Raptors team so much credit they did end up losing to the Nuggets but only by one point real close game still give credit to the Nuggets for winning but close game overall and in a little bit of a uh, you know little uh, I gotta put the Raptors at number 10 move the Nuggets out of number 10 so I'm putting the Raptors at number 10 folks love it love this Raptors team folks can't get enough of this Raptors team all right, final time, final team to have consideration in our power rankings. We're going to Timberwolves, folks, and we love the big three of the Timberwolves: Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. All magnificent. Now. Anthony Edwards has truly let us down in the last couple of games. We don't know where the hell this man, what the hell this man is doing. Let's get his point totals. I want to say this man has not scored ten or more points in like the last five games. Am I going a little bit too extreme? Here we go. Here we go. Let's go to his game logs. Just the last couple of games here. Six points, nine points. Then he had 37, 31, and 26. So, all right, maybe I'm focusing in on a little bit of the last two games here. But the last two games right before the All-Star break and you start to flounder a little bit, he also had a five-point game on February 8th. So, you know, this month, little up and down. Three games that are good, three games that are bad ever since February. So, Let's clean that up a little bit up here, Anthony Edwards. So, all right, maybe that was a little bit too uh, too much of an exaggeration of Anthony Edwards letting us down. All righty. So we'll retract that a little bit. The last two games, though, tying that up. But overall, the big three, they rely so much on their big three. Whenever we see this Timberwolves team win, it's always big three getting it done, 30-plus points all the way around. And we don't really get that much from the role players uh, for kind of two reasons. One reason, all the points are coming from the big three, so there's not that many points to be had. And overall, I mean, the big three are just ball-dominant in general. You got the point guard in D'Angelo Russell. You got the, the small forward shooting guard. Anthony Edwards can play wherever the hell. You know, he can hit the three. He can put anybody on a poster and then you got Carl Anthony Towns at the big so you really have every facet of a basketball team with the big three so yeah the role players are going to not be touching the ball so much and all that Patrick Beverly hasn't been the best and we just need him to be a defender out here so you know you know points isn't his game coming off the bench you know having Malik Beasley Jordan McLaughlin Teron Prince nothing that fantastic so they're not the deepest team over overall once again just relying so much on that big three and it's a great big three it's a fantastic big three I love this Timberwolves team I don't think they are progressing as well as I wish they had last season when the big three played together 
together. I mean, they were getting it done at the back end of the season. But now this season, they've really played all the games together. D'Angelo Russell has missed a few games here. But overall, for the most part, the big three has been together. And they're only 31-28, and 28, basically like 500. They're not in a playoff spot at the current moment, the seventh seed in the playing tournament. So I just wish this Timberwolves team progressed a little bit better. Don't see this team overall growing when they really should be growing. This is a fantastic young big three that needs to capitalize. So I just wish they were a little bit better at the current moment. But you know, once again, after the trade deadline or after the All-Star break, maybe they truly just tie it all together and move forward and start hitting some quality wins out here. All right, now let's see what do we got quality wins-wise with this Timberwolves team, and we'll see if we can make a spot for them in the top 10. Really interested to see how many quality wins this Timberwolves team has because this could be like a bull situation where they only have like six or a lot less than six, but let's see. Are they like a Suns with 14, or are they like a Bulls with six? And then we'll see if we can put this team somewhere in the top 10. So here we go. This Timberwolves team has wins against the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Bucks. Look at that. That's a quality win. And then they go on this big-ass losing streak. What the hell is this? Uh, then they're back to winning against the Lakers. Then they beat the Kings, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, a quality win. The Pelicans, the Heat, a quality win. The 76ers, a quality win. The Pacers, then another big losing streak. And then they're back to winning against the Blazers. The Nuggets, a quality win. The Mavericks, a quality win. They beat the Celtics, a quality win. They beat the Clippers, the Thunder, twice in a row. The Rockets... The Warriors, a quality win. Then they beat the Nets, the Blazers. They beat the Jazz, the Nuggets, two quality wins back-to-back. -back. The Pistons, twice back-to-back. -back. The Kings, they beat the Pacers and then the Hornets. So, alrighty, real solid here with the Timberwolves. Ten quality wins up until the All-Star break. That's really solid, really respectable. And then look, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Now, we told y'all we are going to be updating this power rankings list every week. We're going to do it on Thursdays. We're not going to do it this Thursday because that's the resumption of the NFL, uh, NBA season. Next Thursday, it will be every Thursday we will do the power rankings and this Timberwolves team. I don't know if we can move this team into the top 10. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to put on, I'm going to keep the Raptors at 10, the Mavs at 9, the Celtics at 8. Can't really see this Timberwolves team in the top 10 just quite yet, but lucky for this Timberwolves team, this is their next four opponents after the All-Star break. Grizzlies, 76ers, Cavs, Warriors, all quality wins if they can get the win. So, that's the deal, Timberwolves. We're going to leave you out of the top 10, but, but, if you can win three out of the four, four of these four, two of two, we'd have to kind of discuss. But if you can win three or four of the four here, I can potentially see a top 10 spot in the future for this Timberwolves team. So they've got the chance. The opportunity is right in front of them. Let's see if they carpe diem. Yes, seize the moment. So Timberwolves, you're not in the top 10, but can definitely get there easy peasy real quick in like the next two weeks. So take advantage. I want to see you take advantage. Alrighty, so our uh, final top 10, I think I'm good with how this looks, folks. I think I'm good with this. Here we go, our top 10 at the All-Star break, folks. Here we go. We got the Suns at 1, the Grizzlies at 2, the 76ers at 3, the Warriors at 4, the Jazz at 5, the Bucks at 6, the Cavs at 7, the Celtics at 8, the Mavs at 9, and the Raptors at 
claiming that final 10th spot in our top 10 of our midpoint of the season power rankings. Congratulations to all the teams on here. Well done for being good consistently throughout the entire season. Season Maybe some catching a little bit of fire to the all-star break well done for all the big threes on this uh list love the big three and we'll see if the bigs can still continue to dominate the league uh in the back end of this season so that is our top 10 heading in uh heading after heading at the all-star break all righty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back tomorrow around noon Eastern. Tomorrow on the show, we will be walking through the playoffs as, as if they ended today, as in if the All-Star break was the end of the season, how would the playoff uh, how would the playoffs look, who would win, and who would win the championship if the season has ended today. So we'll walk through that tomorrow and crown our mid-season champions and uh, see how that plays out. And then we are also still looking to kind of get our final thoughts for every NFL team. We'll see if we can squeeze that. Tuesday, Thursday is a little bit of a shorter show. Not too much shorter, folks. Don't, don't disrespect us. We'll still do probably an hour. But a little bit of a shorter show on Tuesday, Thursday. So we'll see what we can get to. Uh, all right, folks. But that's going to do it for us today. We don't see any news breaking. I do not see. So we are cool to call it for today. Um, and once again, thanks for tuning in, folks. We absolutely love it. Hope you come back tomorrow, and we will see you tomorrow then. Have an absolutely great one, folks. Don't worry, folks. Don't worry. Only a few more days of not being able to bet on the NBA. We can get through it, folks. I know we can. Stay tough. Stay strong. We'll see you tomorrow.